Swoosh has revolutionized the game. Swoosh is a training system that helps players learn and coaches teach perfect shot mechanics faster and more efficiently than anything else on the market. Get yours at swooshofficial.com. That's S-W-S-H official.com to get yours today and score more. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach Mark Hart, joins the show. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Coach Hart. So, welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man of the hour, Coach Mark Hart. Coach, what's up, man? I'm doing well. I'm just up north from you a little bit, up here uh, in the Riverside, uh, California area. So it's a nice, what, this clouds are disappearing and the sun's coming out. And so it's going to be, what is it going to be today? About 80-something, so it won't be so hot. So I'm loving it. Nice. <laughs> uh, can you, we dive right in and you talk about a little bit of who influenced you into basketball and what you're doing with basketball as we speak today? Uh, who influenced me? Um, growing up as a kid, I was more of a, of a baseball player um, and was, was decent at it. Uh, about eighth grade, I started playing basketball and started high school in 1989. Uh, played four years of high school basketball. Um, went on to college, was playing baseball at Mount Sac, tore my rotator cuff. So that ended my baseball career. Um, walked over to the rival high school that I went to because I, I got into golf and I was going to be a golf coach. I went for an interview for a golf coach and the, the high school coach saw me and goes, do you, do you play or do you coach basketball? I said, well, I played it in high school. I played against you and I was at the rival school and he was like, well, would you do, be interested in coaching? And I said, sure. So that's how I kind of got into high school coaching uh, 25 years ago. So, uh, influences as far as playing, uh, back in the day in the early, late eighties, early nineties, loved, uh, Loyola Marymount with Bo Kimball, Hank Gathers, uh, Duke with Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner. And then obviously got to remember the, the fab five at Michigan back in that era. So yeah. that's kind of, and then one more would probably be the UNLV guys, uh, with Tark with Larry Johnson and Ogden. So that, those were probably a big influence as a watching growing up with uh, college basketball and then the Lakers here in California, obviously. Absolutely. Okay. So are now, you coaching now? Yeah. Am I coaching now? Uh, yes. I, I, I stepped away um, after last season. I was, was a varsity head coach for the last six years at Patriot high school. Uh, went, went away from that and I'm going to be an assistant coach this year on the girls side. So it's going to be a change for me. Um, I just accepted that job about two weeks ago. So um, I didn't. I thought I was going to take the year off or two years off because I have an 11 year old daughter, and I had told the family once she hit junior high that I would step away from being a head coach and spend more time with her and the family. Um, but we talked about it, and they said um, I'd probably be at home driving them nuts. <laughs> so, um, but, so uh, uh, instead of having to oversee a, a whole program of three levels. Um, I'm just going to be a varsity assistant coach, just focusing on one level and helping out 
a school in the area. So right, okay, right on. Now I love your YouTube channel and um, your information that you uh, give out um, on X's and O's. Um, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Um, Appreciate I, it. I I don't know as many coaches that um, either hunt or dive into things like that. It's kind of funny. I always hear about coaches um, asking, hey, can I get some other plays or or what do you run? Whereas, like, mm-hmm. the stuff that you have is very, very informative and it's very good. Um, can you uh, elaborate on how important it is, not only one for a coach, to um, have diversity with the X's and O's and, and what it does for the players? I... I mean, I do show a lot of plays. You're right with my thing, but I mean, X's and O's are X's and O's. Um, I think you got to have a variety. So if you're a coach and you have players at different positions, you shut. You got to be able to have maybe a play or a go-to for for each spot on the floor, if you will. So because you never know from each year where your your top player will be. Um, but that being said, without without kids having proper fundamentals and skills, the X's and O's are going to be terrible. I mean, right. kids got to have talent. Kids got to have talent. So the old saying is it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So um, if you had kid more talented than me, then they're probably going to be able to, if you draw up something pretty, it's probably going to look pretty. Um, if you draw up something where a kid can't shoot, and you and you run the play for them. Your play probably isn't going to look very good. So I mean, the players help the plays look good. Um, coaches, you got to have answers to different things, like you said. So um, I, after 25 years of doing this, I'm I'm just a basketball junkie. So I'm watching games all the time, learning all the time, and I, I've just been an X and O fanatic for most of my career. So that's where. And, and love to share it to people. So that's where that's all come from. Okay. And I know, I, and I love the fact that you said it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jim. What did you say? It's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And that's another, and that's, that's nothing original from me. And that's just like, I mean, there isn't much original out there. I mean, coaches are stealers. Right, right. We all so, steal from each other. So what, so what I try to do is find something I like and then maybe make it a tweak to fit my team. It yes. might not be exactly how they run it, but I like it. And, or maybe I'll add something to it or a twist to run it slightly different than they, they did. it. Right. Well, I love the fact that you honed in on the, the uh, on that because it is very important that a player has to fit his role on the team. Mm-hmm. And buy into that, especially on the high school level. Um, and yes, you do have to be skilled and seasoned as well. You got to work on your craft. Um, with that being said, what are some key factors that you see in success with basketball players? Um, I mean, you'll see with Steph Curry. I mean, if you can't shooting, I mean. What, what cracks me up with kids, and I've coached kids for 20, high school kids for twenty something years, and they, you mentioned YouTube, they'll, they'll go on YouTube and they'll look at and one mixed videos and all those all those great highlights of uh, 
I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's hand one stuff where they're going, where they're going between their legs about three, four times and doing, doing all this stuff, dancing with the ball. But in a high school game or a real game, how often are you allowed to do that? So yeah. it, it comes down to the basic fundamentals. And I think everything, I mean, if you can't, if you can shoot, a coach is going to play you. I've never heard a coach say, just, gosh darn it, I have too many shooters. <laughs> no. I just, um, I've never heard it, and I don't think I'll ever hear it. Um, now, if you can't play a lick of defense and you only have five shooters, you're probably in trouble. Um, but a coach will hide, hide it. They'll put a player on the floor that can shoot if you can't play defense, and they'll hide them defensively. Right. But you become a liability if you can't shoot because now the other team doesn't have to guard you and now they're playing five defenders versus four. So that's supposed to be the funnest part of the game, but I just don't think people work on it enough. They don't shoot enough. No. They rather they rather do the the jelly layups and the floaters and the fun stuff that they see because shooting to them is boring. But you can make a lot of money. I mean, what's the say? What, what's in the NBA? Guys are making five million to ten million dollars to be able to just stand in that corner and make a three pointer and go play defense. They can't dribble. They can't really do much else, but they can catch and shoot. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, like PJ Tucker. Yeah, PJ Tucker comes to mind. He plays defense and he shoots three. Trevor Ariza, who just the Lakers just picked up. Three. The, the terminology is three and D. Three and D. I love that. I love that, Coach. You're dropping straight dimes today. I'm loving it. So I I agree with you one thousand percent. Um, I a couple of years ago, um, I have a son that plays basketball on our club teams. Um, he's aggressive, but he's not overly aggressive. He doesn't have that extra grit that some boys just are just going to run through walls for you. Um, he plays some D. We'll say some. I'm not going to say none, but he plays some. <laughs> okay. But the guy can shoot the heck out of the basketball, and everybody yep. knows it. But I did an investment. A couple years ago, I bought a Dr. Dish, and that okay. kid homes in on what he's good at, and he can shoot the lights out on a basketball. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I tell him all the time, he's going in – He's in high school right now, and I tell him all the time, it's going to be tough for your coach not to put you in because you could shoot the basketball. How, how, how tall is he? 5'7". Uh, okay. So then he needs to be lightning quick, be able to shoot the snot out of it, and, and be able to handle the crap out of it. Right. <laughs> so Because so, uh, he doesn't pass the eyeball test, right? Because he's 5'7". Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, going back with this question, um, how important or how impactful is communication, not only off the court, but on the court as well? Um, I noticed with these boys in this generation, with the video games and this and that text messaging, very, very, um, uncommunicating with words expressing themselves, but how important is it for those players? Oh, I'm guilty of it. I mean, how often we're talking on a phone conversation, right? But you personally, throughout a day, I mean, you reached out to me through Instagram, 
and yes, we sir. were direct messaging before we popped on. So how often does someone actually have a phone conversation or a conversation, period? Um, communication's key. I mean, we went out to dinner the other night, me and my wife and my daughter, and we make a point when we go out to eat that we, like, put our phones in our pockets. Absolutely. We were, we were at an Applebee's, and it was a family of four. Dad was on his phone. Mom was on his phone. The two kids were, like, on iPads. And they're eating a dinner, and they're not communicating at all. Um, I mean, it's it's not – they're great devices. I think they've caused more harm than anything. I mean, yes. it's, it's tough. Um, it's the biggest thing that I discuss with other people is how do you get your players to communicate on the floor? Um, because they don't know how to. They've lo- Everybody's lost it. I mean – we were in COVID shutdown, so everybody learned how to get on a Zoom call and be on, on a computer. And and it, before that, the phones, I mean, I I don't really have an answer to help, help teach it. I, I struggle with it. Um, I text my players. I don't call them usually. Like, it's, it's, it's the norm. Like, if a kid's going to miss basketball practice, they don't call you. They text you. Yes, or, they do. They text you. Because one of two things – they don't want to hear the disappointment in your voice and it's easier to just send a text. It's easy. I mean, when I go to the market, my wife will send me a text saying, Oh, I forgot to have that on the list. She won't call me. It would be a text message. When was the last time you called somebody and left a voicemail message? Uh, earlier today. I love talking on the phone. Okay. I, I, but it's, but typically I don't get a voicemail. It's, Okay, they called. I didn't answer. Now they're going to text me. Right. <laughs> so oh, it's, man. I, I'll... it's become the norm, and, and I don't know how you fix it because social media, I mean, coaches communicate through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, now what's the biggest one? I, I haven't gotten involved with this one yet. Uh, TikTok. Uh, oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, that's... I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, Communication is key on the court, but you, you try to do activities and, and try to get them to do it. I mean, I had a saying a couple times and kids laughed at me, but it was the truth. You know how when a player sets like a bone crushing screen in the middle of the floor? Right. And a kid ends up on the ground? Yes, sir. I go, what are you going to do? Text them that the screen's coming? Or are you going to text them when he's in the ambulance? Right, because he got because he got hurt, because you won't open up your mouth and yell "screen coming." Absolutely, no, you're 100 percent right. <laughs> you're right. I try to, and they laugh at me. They laugh at me. I'm like, no, I'm being serious right now. I'm like, yeah. are you just going to text him when he's in the ambulance? No, you're <laughs> absolutely right, Coach. I mean, I get out there with my players and and I'll teach defense and I'll be in help side defense and I t- I try to home in and they laugh at me too because I'm passionate, I'm loud. I have a gift oh, yeah. of gab. So I'll tell them, like, hey, I'm in the middle. Make him come left. Make him come left. You guard him right. You guard him right. So if he's – I'm basically telling them, you guard hard right. If he comes left, I got you. I got middle. Yeah. I'm telling them, watch pick. Watch. I'm on, but that's how you have to communicate. You have to. I like to. that. I like that because as coaches, we say you got to talk. Yeah. That's all we ever really say. 
I think we need to do a better job and tell them what they need to say. Like you said, um, I'm in help. Um, I got your back. I got post help. Screen right, screen left. You got to, I think, teach them what words they have to say. Right. Because um, they don't study the game like we used to. Um, there's, I mean, I've coached, I've coached high school basketball. When you mentioned video games, I would be willing to bet that kids play more of, uh, what is it, FIFA, the soccer game, than they do a basketball game uh, on, on video games. They play that FIFA game. I, I would I would imagine I have no idea. Um, I know my son sometimes is in in his room playing video games, and you know I I have to kind of give him his his uh, his time to kind of decompress or whatever that may be because you know we do watch film, we do practice, we do practice at home. So um, you know I allow him to do that because I understand that he needs his own outlet to figure out something else besides just basketball in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So best, best advice you ever got from a coach. Best advice that I, um, when you're not having fun with it anymore, get out. Ooh, I like that. That's deep. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. I really do. Now, how, what helped you overcome like your injuries and have you ever had to help coach a kid out of a funk? What do you do? Get a kid out of a funk. I mean, what I'd like to do is as far as if they're struggling shooting or, or had a bad game stretch is we'll sit down and maybe watch some game film when they were playing really well. And, and also try to get them to, let the game still come to them. Um, what I like to try to do for those players, especially if it's my best player, is I try to like get them going early by running something for them to get a layup. Um, if they're like a really good shooter, and all they can do is shoot threes and haven't made them for like four games, they need to just see the ball get, get in the hoop. So if I have a shooter struggling in a game, and he's missed like three in a row, I'm going to tell him get to the basket and get fouled. So he can at least get to the free throw line and then get his rhythm back. Oh, I love that. Uh, um, because they need to see the ball go through the hoop. Right. Um, and free throws, a decent player should be making at least 75 80% of their free throws. So they should have a good chance of seeing the ball get through the hoop. And then by playing defense and, and, and maybe getting a steal and getting out, making something easy. They need to, They need to get an easy basket. If it's offensively, if they're struggling, they're just not playing well. Um, I try to help them through it as much as I can, and that's a that's a tough one when they're just not doing anything right, and, and it's it, it, it snowballs on them. So, it does. It, but as far as scoring wise, that type of aspect, what I would try to get them to do is get to the foul line, get fouled, and get them back in rhythm. Okay, great. I love that. Um, in this journey of basketball, as you're coaching throughout the season with your players, what is the main focus or the piece of meat that you would want them to grasp for the future in learning in the, during the game? Uh, just not basketball. That I mean, you're going to get what you put into things. 
So if you work, um, I learned this from Gino Ariema. Uh, it was a video clip that he said, and he relates basketball to homework or schoolwork, where if you want to see in a class, you're going to do average work. If you want, if you want to be in a class, you're going to do above average work. Right. If you want an A, you're going to do above and beyond whatever it takes to get an A. Um, and you can relate that to the basketball floor. You can relate that to life. Um, if you want to be average, then just put minimal work in and you're going to be average on the basketball court or in life. If you want to learn a trade or a craft, then you're going to put some more time into it and get better at it. So then you're going to be about a B at it. And if you want to go above and beyond, you may have to do things that other people don't do. Think out of the box, put extra work in to be that, to be elite. I mean, for a kid to play college basketball, they have to be 2%. Right. 2, 2%. 98% of the kids are done after high school in, in basically all sports. So if it's something that you want to do, you almost got to treat it like a job. Yeah. You have your schoolwork. So you have 20, everybody has 24 hours in a day. I kind of try to explain it to them this way is you got eight hours for school. You got eight hours for sleep. So you say you have another two to three hours for homework. What are you doing with the remaining time of your day? Are you on social media? Are you hanging out with friends? Or what are you doing? I love that breakdown. That's 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 hardcore facts right there. I love that. In a high school environment, I'm not sure where your son's at, but if you take a normal high school public school team, you probably have three kids that really take basketball seriously and want to go on and play. Yes. And the others are kind of doing it as, hey, my friends are on the team. It's just something I like. I don't love. We t- and I talk about that. as like, do you like it or you love it? Which one is it? And then they'll say, they'll say stuff to me. And I go, no, you just like it. <laughs> you don't, you don't love it. You, you, you don't. I mean, and it's hard facts and, and they, they don't like it half the time, but it's the truth. And, and that's, I've always told them the truth. Right. And because they don't know how difficult it is to play junior college basketball D3, NAIA, D2, D1. They don't understand. I mean, there's a myth out there that where kids are in high school that go, oh, I'll just go to the local junior college. No. They don't realize those guys are men. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Alongside basketball, what sport has the best athletes? Alongside basketball, what sport has the best athletes? Um, I would say football, but I would say the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit a baseball. Okay. Yeah. Hand and eye coordination. That is huge. Round ball, round bat going 90 something miles per hour. And nowadays, I mean, growing up for me, 300, you were a good hitter. Nowadays, I think it's like 270. Name any other sport that you could fail. 70 something percent of the time and succeed wow i didn't know that wow well you're making like like mike trout he's usually about 320 so he's failing 60 68 percent of the time 
That's crazy. And so yeah. If, yeah, so if Michael Jordan shot 32%, would he be any good? I mean, no. I mean, from three point, <laughs> from three point, he'd be decent. Yeah, but it's... yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah, you're absolutely right. A, if, a, a quarterback completing 32 percent of their passes. Terrible. Wouldn't be in the league, would they? No. <laughs> so that's. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's a t- that's a good question. I mean, I mean, athlete wise, I mean, you could debate. Some of the individual sports, you got to be great athletes too. I mean, people don't realize how tough water polo is. Um, some of these people that swim all these different events. I mean, I, that's a, that's a tough question. Which is the best athletes? Right. Because I mean, I think I think it's easier for a football player to come out and come play basketball and be successful than it is for a basketball player just to go out and play football, I think. I, I would agree. I would 100% agree. I would agree. I would. If you were going to leave Earth today and you had to write down three words or phrases, what would those be? Who? Wow. Um, three words if I left... Uh, Loyalty, um, family, and oh, jeez, love. That's great, coach. I, I'm feeling all three of those. 